I'm Mary Edwards, and this is Notes Between Sessions, stories and conversations that explore the nuances of time, the essence of the creative process, and anything else in between. Episode 8, Alive in the Wilderness, Endless Field. How do we find sound in nature? When was the first time you found sound in nature? Were you of the age where your innocence and sense of wonderment were at the dawn of endless possibilities? Or were you deep enough into your years to revisit the passion that led you past the landmarks of longing and bring you to actualizing the healing power of sound and music that speaks of the earth? On this episode of Notes Between Sessions, I talk with Endless Field a collaborative instrumental guitar and bass duo featuring guitarist Jesse Lewis and bassist Ike Sturm. Drawing on inspiration from nature, the duo seeks to bring an interflow of structured and improvisational music to outdoor spaces, encouraging audiences to explore their own frontiers. Their latest album, Alive in the Wilderness, is recorded in the vast expanse of Utah and was released in the summer of 2020 on Biophilia Records. Using a solar battery-powered mobile recording studio and National Geographic photographers and videographers, they documented their epic adventure, lending their works elemental titles like Moon, Wind, Creature, and White Pond Sun, or ushering all living beings into a meditative space with Prayer for the Earth. Ike and Jesse invite each of us to consider how we can collectively steward nature with our individual aptitude, and that leadership is but an interval for us to do our best work from inward out. All right, good morning, Jesse and Ike. Good morning. I'm excited to hear that you guys are coming to Brooklyn this weekend. Yeah, us too. We rehearsed a little bit yesterday, and and, uh, nice to be playing some music out in, in the world again. I know, it feels refreshing. I mean, that's really the nature of what you do. I've always been so impressed by your music, and uh, it really floored me when I saw that first video. And I believe it was for the album, Alive in the Wilderness, which you released this year. Thank you. There's so much dynamicism to this album beyond the recording, what it represents, what I would deem as an effort to an environmental cause, a greater environmental awareness of our state of nature. What's just ultra impressive for the videos, you got National Geographic videographers and photographers to help capture the images. I mean, the project, even just just thinking about it now in my current state of mind here, you know, sitting in the basement of my house, it just brings back, you know, it's, it's, it, it means even more <laughs> right at this moment in, in our time and in our history than it did to me when we were even doing it because I think it uh, I don't know it represents something even even deeper than we could have anticipated <laughs> back in August of what was that 2019 when we did it, it, it you know it, it uh, I don't know it, it has an even deep a deeper meaning to me now <laughs> where, where I sit um, in this world yeah Ike and I are incredible friends and and the project it represents more than just you know recording an album like you said but you know there's there's an element of i mean of course a huge element of music because we're you know we're musicians and that's what we do 
do. But, you know, to me it represents just the idea of, of friendship and, and also, like, adventure and the idea of doing something positive uh, for a greater good, you know, for our planet and to inspire other people. It, it's so cool to, to be able to think of, of your music as, as more than just, like, a recording. You know, but as more as like, just I don't know, a larger part of of life, of your personal life, and of something greater, you know, as well. Yeah, I, I think about that very fondly right now. Oh, thanks, Jesse. That's beautiful. How about you, Ike? What are your thoughts on the coming together of this magnificent project? Well, yeah, it was. It's really a dream. It does feel a little bit dreamlike uh, at this at this phase. I think as we were approaching, I, I guess at all stages, you know, as we led up to it, it seemed like this thing that we had conjured up that, that was sort of beyond our imagination. And when we, you know, on our way out there and even getting there and being in these incredible spaces that that affect the sound and you know our concept to see how the the spaces and how the environment would would affect the music was was on point and was theoretical but then when we found ourselves out there it was so powerful you know to to be in these spaces and you know hear the different sounds every place that we played which is different every day for every song um really had a different acoustic and a different energy and different spirit about it and so we left space um you might sense on the album, you know, there are, there are certain pieces that are a little bit more structured and planned. And then in between those, we, we left space every day to improvise and just play in the space. And that was a little bit more of an experiment for us. But when we, when we ended up seeing how it felt, it actually affected the music so much and really inspired us. And some of the coolest stuff, actually, some of my favorite things from the album, as much as I love the tunes that we had prepared, um, some of my favorite material was stuff that was totally spur of the moment and will never happen again. You know, it's just related to those places and, and those situations. So there's always this feeling of like when we got out there, it didn't quite feel real. I mean, that an area like that in Utah is just so surreal. You can't really capture it with video or photo or trying to describe it. It's just there's this kind of... Uh, otherworldly element to it when you get out there and um, so that didn't quite feel real and now looking back on it it doesn't quite the memory of it is feels dreamlike as well um, because it's like Jesse said it's just such a different time now what a what a rich kind of um, you know just memory to draw upon and and think about where where we were um, so I, I've actually found that you know at different times through the stretch like the music has actually been really kind of um, helpful and healing to me just to kind of recall back and listen to something. If I'm out somewhere, it just uh, it kind of brings me back to that place and, and the way that we felt when we were there. So uh, I had hoped to do that, you know, for the purpose of that was to do that for other people. And, um, and it's even been helpful to me, too, to kind of look back on that. So, You know, being at the mercy of nature, even when nature is gentle and, and stewarding you in this project, as it appeared to be in the videos. It's, it's humbling. About half the album is composed or structured, and the other half is improvised. I really appreciate that aleatoric approach to playing your music and allowing for the natural forces to incorporate themselves, and that seeing the visuals, seeing that how you were um, your expressions were just so powerful. 
you were you wanted to work with these forces. We've been trained as musicians early on to fight those forces. If we were to do, say, an outdoor concert, that there's always this resistance to the elements. Watching you in that mode was just so beautiful. It was so wonderfully entwined. So that's what I gathered both from listening, and I can tell that that was coming through in your playing, and that it was affirmed through the video. Funny, like I, I, I don't, I don't know what, I, and I think this is sort of wrapped up into this project and, and part of this, but I, I just, I, you know, I, I've had this feeling of like I don't know what happened, what happened to us as humans in in like our relationship with music, where it, you know, it all like went indoors and it all went into recording studios and it went into these situations where you know musicians are up on this stage like in a spotlight and, and you've got all these people watching and like you know it's it's just it's so clear that that's not that's not where the music came from you know to you know to me like if you look back you know a hundred thousand years or, or whatever mm-hmm. like, <laughs> and, and, and so like it, there's just this this idea that you know music is like connected to to nature you know the instruments themselves are a part of nature and and you know and we are and um i don't know it's um i i I don't know how we all i I mean not everybody but it seems like at least in our western culture we we really got away from that people don't really take the time to take their instruments outside and play but you know I, i even had like a an experience yesterday when we were rehearsing for this gig in Brooklyn where we were actually, it was raining. So we were actually indoors, but the windows were open. You know, we were trying to get some ventilation going and, and, um, you know, at at the end of a song, you know, the wind blew through the trees and the leaves like rustled in the wind. Mm. And, 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 and and we all looked at each other like, yes, like that's, it was like on the last note of the song and you're, and there's like nothing better than that. You know, it's like, you're like little kids looking at each other in, in absolute wonder just be, just because like you heard like the wind blow through leaves <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean and it's like it's like that's the, the, the deepest thing that happened in the for at least for me in like the entire performance of the song was just hearing it as it related to, to something in the natural world and I don't know there's something like there's something in there you know that that's really mysterious but I think that I agree. I feel that if we can just retrain our ears for the deep listening experience of how nature can enhance rather than detract from what we bring to the table musically, um, that it's so much more richer and that it would lead to this deeper appreciation of live music. Because as you said earlier, that performance can only happen once. You can play the same music within those spaces but the nature is going to bring in another layer. I've had that experience with John Luther Adams' music. Um, I've been both listening and I've had the privilege to perform in a few ensembles, some John Luther Adams compositions, in which performing outdoors, performing in nature, that, that chance music, again, that aleatoric music, that it only happens that one time. 
it's something to look forward to. You don't know what you're going to get. You know, when it happens again, you're you're going to get just get variation after variation of that same song. It's just such a chilling experience and for the listener, for the app listener who will hear the same song over and over again, but in different forms. I also was noting the stamina that, that you know, you're going out into the wilderness. It exemplifies the stamina that one needs to be a, a touring musician. I used to <laughs> complain about when I lived in Brooklyn, uh, having to take my 70-pound uh, piano on my back up and down the, the staircase and to gigs. Um, having the stamina to do it, but just feeling like, when is this going to end? And then when I watch in the promotional video for Alive in the Wilderness, you're climbing up rocks in Utah, <laughs> each of you with your guitars and your bass on your back and assorted other accoutrement. Again, it is, it's humbling. I'm using that word a lot because this is how we feel in the state of nature, and this is how we feel in the state of what we do and our commitment to what we do. I'm in awe at your level of commitment. It's so deeply appreciated. What's the origins of all this? Like how the two of you came together? Now, Ika, I'm familiar with your work over at, it's St. Peter's on 68th Street in Manhattan? Yeah, 54th actually. Oh, 54th. The same neighborhood. Yeah, yes, yes, and this is, this is at the church that was designed by Massimo Vignelli. Exactly, yep. I was actually friends with him. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's been someone who I just looked up to uh, design-wise in that uh, his pragmatism towards design also yielded to nature because it was so unfettered. And he left a lot of improvisational space, if you will. He also thought about music uh, that way. Oh, he thought about design in relation to music that way in conversations that we had. I also recall the Upper Chapel in St. Peter's, uh, Louise Nevelson's, that was Louise Nevelson's yeah. work on the wall in the, in the chapel. She too, when you look at those relief sculptures on the wall, there's something about them that evoke a forest. They take you deep in and the space in which they are has such a, an intimacy to it. I'm wondering, Ike, if that structure feeds and inspires what you do and how you work in that space. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I I like how you connected those those places, and it's it might not be the first connection that people make, but I think there was intention in that, especially with the the really transparent. It's kind of a different way of looking at a church to have have it be completely transparent in glass, um, you know, for people to look in. And the idea was that the people, um, the the different um, textures and personalities and characters would provide the light and color mm -hmm. uh, rather than a stained glass window you yes. know which I, I really like that concept um so yeah i think there's something um I, i'm really i'm still my head is still spinning about this this concept of the eleatoric stuff that you brought up because i think and it relates to what we do at the church too with like this idea of um bringing different people together and how um new voices just sort of transform the conversation and, and transform the music. And what, as we've been talking and as I've been listening, I, I, I've been thinking about how, you know, Jesse and I have played together for, um, boy, I mean, almost 15 years now. And so there are a lot of the times we, we can sort of finish each other's sentences, both musically and, and literally. And, um, and so I think it's, uh, 
one thing that really became apparent, like, you know, both when we play at the church and you've got different musicians coming in all the time. In fact, this past weekend, I just recorded with um, a great singer named Michael Mayo in the in the Nevelson Chapel. We do a thing every week in the in the chapel and have been filming some things. Um, so I'll have to share one of those with you. But um, yeah, but I think when Jesse and I come together, we, uh, you know, I, I keep thinking about this this third voice that's there. Like when, when we, when we played outside, you know, we have the ability to react to each other and change up the conversation and surprise each other with, you know, a percussion or maybe a different, you're playing every day. So the idea of doing something new after you've played for that long is, is hard, you know, and we dug into that. We tried to make it feel different all the time. And, um, but the environment really, that's what that was that third voice that was actually a lot more powerful than I anticipated like when we got out there you know the way that the spaces feel kind of energy of the place would and and literally quite literally the sound and the resonance of the space changed the music so much that it, it actually became an important player in the in the music and, and um that chance idea of like the John Luther Adams stuff, I've done a little bit of that stuff outside too. And I think it's, there's something so cool about that. And um, I almost think we're talking about it backwards because we talk about how the environment, we're surprised that the environment is affecting what we do in music. Yet music is like completely wrapped up within this much bigger thing that is nature and the, the natural world. So uh, it's it seems funny that we would be sort of hearkening back to like, oh yeah, we isn't it interesting that we're related to nature and it's like, it's the other way around. (laughs) It's so true. It's a small piece of like what, what is, you know, the bigger piece out there. And so, but it's also like, it's an interesting thing to think about that our world gets smaller, more connected, but also like more focused that, you know, seeing how generations move on in technology and everything becomes a little bit more insular or more, um, you know, less, less aware of what's outside, you know, less, less connected to what's outside. And so here we are having this conversation in surprise that we're connected to nature. And it's so, it's actually kind of like alarming in a way. And I think like it's something that I'm really, I'm sitting here thinking, feeling grateful that we have this project, but at the same time, like asking myself, like, what can we do to expand this or to make a, a deeper impact to help people and, or, and, you know, without being like uh, trying to control what someone else says, even just for ourselves to feel connected to this bigger picture or what's what's around us. Um, it's, it's some big questions to ask, but I think right now where we're at, it's, it's good stuff to be thinking about. It takes a lot of energy, I think, um, in a good way, to think really hard about controlling the narrative or not around aiding... Um, the wellness of the planet. We have it, it's such a fine line in how we have to be careful about you know what's altruistic versus what's philanthropic, right? I think that what the two of you do, Jesse and Ike, is it's it's a bit of both, and I think it's a healthy dose of philanthropy, but it's also the altruism and the way that you give, the way you're thinking about it every time you perform and every time you practice even, that you're giving to nature in a way that um, you're understanding that nature is giving back and like that it's uh, symbiotic. Would that be 
appropriate to say that that your relationship is symbiotic? You know, we often put um, ourselves before the idea of nature performing with us, if you will. It just feels like a healthy a healthy relationship that you have with the performing outdoors, that nothing is being imposed so much as it's being entwined and appreciated. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, we get so much more than, than we give, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's any good that, that we can do or, or a positivity that we can inspire with the project, shine a spotlight on organizations that are, are doing work to protect the environment. But, you know, the impetus was really, I mean, I, I don't know if it's, it was selfish, but it was, it was trying, you know, it, almost like a, I don't know, if, if I would agree, but almost like a self-healing thing. I mean, I, re, I remember just even early on when we sort of started cooking up this project, which when that, when we did that, you know, Alive in the Wilderness, you know, the Utah stuff, that wasn't, that wasn't even on the radar at that point. You know, but, but in the very beginning, it was just like this idea of like, you know, let's, you know, I remember one weekend we went up to um, the Catskills and it, it was, it was more about like, just like we, we blocked off like a couple of days to just really focus on, on creating music um, and like going hiking and reconnecting and just kind of digging in, um, you know, and then. All, a lot of other stuff was, you know, born from that, but it was, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it was very much, at least, you know, at least for me, me wanting to, to, to feel that, in, you know, in my life more. I, would you say that the Catskills expedition was a precursor to the Utah trip? I would. We didn't see it in that way at the time. We couldn't see the whole picture, as I'm sure right now we can't see like where this is going to go. We we each time you sort of get a glimpse into the next, like the next stone that you're going to step onto. And I, and already after we finished last summer, we got a little time to process, and we already started getting an idea of like you know on, on our first record what what resonated in that. What re- what did we learn from each of these experiences? And now we're thinking about what what's next which is pretty exciting and um but yeah i think it definitely was it it was a time at that point like jesse said this kind of self-healing thing we we really both recognized that where we were in our careers and you know we were both doing a lot of different projects but it just felt like wow this what if we were to kind of take the reins a little bit more and um and push things in a certain direction rather than kind of you know going wherever the the scene was was pushing you you know Mm -hmm. and um and that was that was really powerful um and and uh yeah we we both loved it i think the the intention of i was thinking how funny it is two days is is you know it's a chunk of time but it's it's nothing in the grand scheme of things but when you completely dig into something with focus it was really surprising to us like how much we actually created and learned a lot you know i I would show jesse this piece that i was working on and he learned it by ear because you have all these alternate tunings and and weird configurations where you can't couldn't even write notate it in a certain way and and um we were able to dig into stuff in a way that if you had a two or three hour rehearsal you would just say well forget it we you know we can't we can't do that that's impossible and but when you're sitting around you're like well yeah we have 14 hours left today so yeah let's let's do that you know and uh so it was really it's really fun and and the spirit of it was not 
really didn't feel like work at all. It was like absolutely, you know, energizing and just like exploratory, you know, it's really fun. So definitely, I definitely think it was the, the birth of something. And then, you know, working with Fabian at, at, um, at Biophilia, all of this stuff is interconnected, you know, when Fabian tells us to go out and encourages us to go out and do a, a river cleanup or something, the wheels start turning and you go, wait, like these things are connected. What if we were to try this? And then Fabian sees us doing what we're doing and pushes him in a different direction. It's cool to see that playing out, you know. The music is but one layer, but a container for all of these outreaches that you're involved in. It's river keepers and river cleanup. Yeah, there's no official like. I mean, we just we've done some river keeper cleanups because there's a. We've done some things in the city, like some tree planting things and things with Fabian, and, and then we found well, you know, rather than driving into the city, we live we live up in the Hudson Valley, up in Croton on Hudson, and um, so we were like, you know, there's tons of stuff that's local, like river cleanups and stuff. So we brought our families to do that, and. Um, you know, so that's uh, that's something that will be nice to kind of get back into when when the world gets moving a little bit more here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably a slow season with some of that, but um, yeah, those those groups are so great, and we've done we've we've done those things like just you know volunteer things, but then now we start to find that like, well, that's great to go out and volunteer, and it's important um, work to do and, and to help out, but we can also do work with our music to, you know, what can we do with our music to either help raise money or to kind of point people towards their mission. And, um, so lately we've been sort of focused on like, you know, we're musicians, we're not lawyers, you know, environmental lawyers. So what could we do with this music? Like what's the best thing that we can offer and do? And, and right now, you know, we've realized that having a kind of a meaning and and mission attached to the stuff that, that we're doing, um, that feels really heartfelt for us, um, helps us push to something that like can actually be pretty concrete. And like with the NRDC, um, we felt like we're really, um, fired up about the work they're doing and, and, and they're doing stuff that we wouldn't be able to do with the two of us, you know? Mm-hmm. So. I, I come out of an interdisciplinary tradition in that I'm a composer at the core, but my interests have such outreaches to science, nature, to whatever it is that sparks my interest. Like you said, I'm not a lawyer. I don't delegate and really get involved in these environmental causes at a level, a certain kind of negotiation, but what can I bring to the table? And that's to encourage musicians or anybody, whatever your strong suit is, you can get involved. You can contribute something. Every effort is part of the larger picture towards the betterment of the environment. It's an ecological effort that can be contributed to in any form or fashion. And that's that's what I really appreciate about what the two of you do. Yeah, well, thanks. I mean, I, yeah, I, I, I completely agree with everything you just said. You know, it's like every person has strengths. You know, every person has has power and we all have it we all have different strengths and, and you know and different ways that we can help you know our society and you know i think that's really powerful even just to 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 for people to like understand you know i i mean i've been uh awakening to a, a, a lot of things more things even recently 
but yeah, it's like, you know, we're not all lawyers. We we don't all have the same skills, but we all, we all do have skills and we all do have, um, unique things that we can bring to the table. And like, we, we should all be using those to help make our communities better. Yeah. You're really, I think a lucky person when, you know, like a light bulb goes off and you're like, wow, like, you know, I, I think for I can and I, with, at least in, in you know, in terms of NRDC and and, um, and 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 trying to bring people, you know, uh, kind of bigger picture stuff. I think it was like we had like a, a moment where we just realized, like, you know, we were like, like Ike was saying, you know, doing river cleanups and other, you know, environmental cleanups, and you know, you you know, you pick up bags of plastic and stuff out of the river, and you you feel good that you did something, but you're like this is not like <laughs> this, this, this is not going to make the difference. You know, you know, what, what could we, what could we do to, to make more of an impact? And then it's like, it like hits you. It's like, well, what are we good at? It's like, we're good at making music and we're, we're, we have the ability to bring people together. Like we know how to do that in the spirit of, you know, community and love. I mean, I cause you know, with his work at the church and, 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 um, I don't know, just, just his personality, you know, and with, with our friendship, it's like, it would, it's like so well poised to just make a, a positive impact. And, and like, it's just like, and, um, I just remember the first time we thought about that was the, um, the first time we did the living earth, which is like, a um, living earth was a, a, a concert. Well, it is a concert that we put together to benefit the NRDC and, it was, it was like, yeah, we could just, we could, we could produce an event that would bring, um, together and we could raise money and, and, uh, consciousness about this organization and bring people to it that had never heard of it. And, um, yeah, it's, it's so powerful to even just realize you as a person have that capacity, you know? Absolutely. It reminds me of a story that a friend of mine in San Francisco shared with me years ago about the 1860s gold rush. Folks came from all over because they heard there was, you know, gold in them in our hills. And how could they, how could they acquire that? It took one man, Levi Strauss, to create the jeans that we wear and the pickaxes and the tools and the boots in order to mine this gold. And, and I know this is almost looking at it from a capitalistic point of view, but to illustrate the point, his strong suit was creating the tools to get the gold. And that's what I think of in terms of you're picking out that plastic bag out of the river and saying, okay, you know, this is going to keep happening, but how do we mobilize? And you bring your tools, your music to the force and rally the people, mobilize the folks, and they get out there and they restore the wellness of the river. Yeah, yeah I really like that analogy and, um, and how... It also points to like how everyone has a place or everyone has, everyone's connected. And if it weren't for each one of those roles, then the whole thing sort of falls apart. Absolutely. And that's, and, and that's just like, once again, just the coming straight from like the, the model that we have in nature and, um, so many of these patterns and things like, you know, it, it's, uh, to kind of go back to that chance element, you know, that you, you find in the, out in, out in the music, it's like it, it frames everything we do in, in improvisation. Like it's just, um, we kind of knew that we knew to expect that going out there, but, um, 
it actually surprised us like how much that how much that really played into the music and uh i have a feeling we'll be doing that some more <laughs> this album alive in the wilderness was released this year recorded last year in depth and your name endless field it it sounds exactly like what it is that it's, it's the endless field it's the endless vision the endless possibilities the ever focused horizon yeah wow, i love that <laughs> yeah we gotta write that down jesse <laughs> well we actually interestingly the name comes from jesse and i have been you know it's sort of like it's an interesting process looking for a band name because you want it to have that encapsulating feeling that's like whatever you're looking for funny or creative or open or like just like the right point on it you know that, that makes sense and it's so abstract but um as we were sort of searching for that you know he and i would write to each other hey what about this this is cool and the other one would be like man that's totally not cool don't that's not it you know <laughs> and then and then um we, one day uh i was reading this article that I thought was so cool that was like it was actually very creative I'm, I'm pretty into comedy and I, I was reading this article about Steve Martin and he was being interviewed about his creative process and he's such an interesting guy like his background as a musician and just such a creative intellectual guy too and he was talking about like the creative process in this interview and he said he was talking about this like this idea of, of looking at creativity as an endless field and I sort of got goosebumps when I read it and I sent it to Jesse um Jesse do you remember how this went down I don't think I said anything about that but like you saw it and then like caught that yeah it was more I think it was even deeper than that because I think you you sent me the article and I was and I was reading it and then I saw the endless field thing in it and I think I I think I said back to you, like, dude, what about Endless Field? And it was, like, done. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, like, it, it, and like you said, it, it encapsulates, you know, it encapsulates uh, so so many different ideas. I mean, like, the sense of, like, the openness of the field or, like, the field of study. Um, you know, and we've, we've definitely tried to articulate that many times, but I think you did it much better. Oh, yeah. thank you. <laughs> And that was and that was just right off the top of my head. So I'm going to I'm going to close out by asking each of you to tap into your younger selves and think about the first time you remember finding music in nature. So I could Jesse, whichever one of you want to go first. Well, I, I'll go first. At least I'll go with my first uh, recollection, which is probably not my earliest one, but it's the one that just popped into my mind as like really formative. And, um, my dad was, a, was a great musician and composer and, uh, and teacher. And I grew up in Wisconsin uh, in a town called Appleton. That was, um, uh, there's a college here called Lawrence university. And so my dad was a jazz director there and had students and actually the, the guy who is now the dean of that the music dean of that school was a student when i was a kid and a really creative guy and he my he got he was doing this project where he he wanted to he was writing like film score music and wanted children to be out playing i have goosebumps it's actually a really deep memory for me um we're outside and uh he's he had my sister and i come and there's this really big hill and we were outside it was a beautiful day but he filmed us um playing 
outside, just what you had balloons and running around and just being outside. And he created this whole film score about playing outside. And it was the most beautiful piece. And I was pretty little when this, when this happened. And so, um, it, to me, it's so interesting to think about now because, um, you know, my dad connected me to a lot of outdoor, took me out West and Grand Canyon and all, all these types of things. And music was always like really, um, really attached to that. We listened to tons of music with him all the time. That was the, the music couldn't be separated from these places for me now. That's totally indelible. But, um, yeah, the, but that was the first thing that popped into my head. And I haven't thought of that memory in years um, until you asked me that question. But I think that a lot of little experiences like that ended up get, making their way into what we're doing right now. I had a feeling, Ike. I had, I had a deep feeling about that. How about you, Jesse? <laughs> it's interesting because, uh, you know, I was, I was thinking back to, to, you know, to my first memory year connecting music with nature. And right when I started talking, like a memory came into my mind, which was also related to my dad. So just like, it's like when I started talking about, about that, I was like, wow, like, of course, you know, it's like all connected here. But, um, but I, I mean, I, I don't, one memory that really jumped out was that my dad, um, like lived on a beautiful, beautiful pond, um, in New Hampshire, um, in the middle of the woods, like, uh, and, um, I would go up there to visit him a lot. And this was probably when I was in my early twenties. Um, and I remember I, I was sitting down right by the pond, like on, on a rock and just listening, um, just listening to, to the sounds of nature and the birds chirping and I had my guitar and, um, and I heard these, this, these birds, um, chirping this melody over and over and over again. And I started, um, and I started trying to put, put chords to, to the, the melody that the birds were making. And, um, and that became a song. Uh, that went on my first album called White Pond Song, which is the, the name of the pond. Yes. And uh, I guess, I, you know, it's funny, I hadn't really thought about that in, in, in a very long time. Um, it hadn't even really occurred to me that even on my first album, there, there was already elements of this, you know, like long before I even met Ike and stuff. So it's, it's, it's yeah, it's, it's amazing how this, this stuff, you know, um, is in there and, and, and and then it, it can continue to develop, you know, and you don't even realize it. There are five songs on the album that I'm quite drawn to. I enjoy the entire album. In addition to Prayer for the Earth, White Pond Sun is one of the songs that really stands out for me. Huh. You know, and that's interesting. That, that, that's a song... And that connects that I, into your childhood memory, doesn't it? Well, actually, it's, that's a song that Ike wrote, um, that is what it is about that, that pond. <laughs> and Ike, Ike and I, uh, we were touring, uh, I don't, I don't this would have been a few, a few years ago, we were touring and, um, we were playing in New Hampshire. And so we went up to, uh, visit my dad. And I think that was the first time Ike met my dad and saw the place in New Hampshire that was a really fun time 
And then my dad actually passed away, um, oh, I don't know, probably a year and a half ago. Absolutely. He, he died shortly before we actually went to Utah, like about maybe five months before we went out there and recorded the album. And uh, basically done composing music for the album. You know, I was sort of like cutting it off because I was like, like telling I was like, I need to practice this music. You know, I need to have some months to like really, really, you know, be with it. And and he brought in one last song, which was called White Pond Sun, which was sort of kind of dedicated to, I think, my dad mm. and the memory that we all had together. So that's a really special um, song. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of cool that you brought that up. Um, just after we talked about that other memory at the same time. So. Right, right. It, you know, it's so moving. I mean, I'm so moved by each of your memories, like yours about, you know, the filming and the balloons and that, that capturing that childhood moment and, you know, on film to boot. I mean, that's that's a, it's not a common thing that one gets to experience and then replay. And with you, Jesse, uh, just this, so coming together of the relationship with this space and your father and with Ike's memorialization of your dad in this song. It, it's, it's also beautiful. And um, I think that's why, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to paraphrase my partner um, who came up with a quote years ago when we were having a picnic in a park, which... Uh, is connected to a story that I'd like to share with you also. Um, we were having a picnic some years ago, and Camille said that we were watching some children uh, playing in the distance. Children give every bit of themselves to every day. And I believe that that's even more so when they are in nature, you know, away from the constructs of habitation. And I think that the imagination is, is much more open and children's imagination is much more open as it is. Um, it's so it's so evocative of, of joy in that moment. And in that in this very park, uh, it's called Silver Lake Park. My earliest one of my earliest childhood memories, because I think I have a few, but this one always seems to pop up that when I was about six years old, my mom took me to the Philharmonic. They were traveling to Staten Island, New York. That's where I was born and raised. And they were playing out in the park right by the lake. And we were sitting on the blanket having our, our picnic. And between the sounds of the ice cream men coming behind us on the street, at that hour, the, the crickets were out. Uh, we could hear the, you know, the, the birds sort of resting, nestling in for the night. That last set of chirps you hear as birds sort of wind down like a congregation and then it eases down almost into their own form of prayer, if you will. Um, all that combined with the sounds of the Philharmonic tuning up, all those sounds coming together under the dimming of the sky. You could see the gradation, a little bit of the blue melding into the purple of the sky and there, there were many stars out that night. And just all those sounds in nature and nature and the visuals combined left an indelible mark in my memory. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for sharing yourselves today. I'm honored to talk to you and feeling very good about where we're going, how we're going to be moving forward in stewarding the earth with music. It starts with ourselves, doesn't it? 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it's so encouraging to talk with you about this and hear your, your perspective on it. Thank you. You're very welcome. Any parting thoughts? Uh, I think I think you said it. <laughs> it's our honor to truly to talk with you. And, and um, when people can receive the music in the way that you clearly have, it's, um, it's, just, it's a real gift to us. So we really appreciate it. It's my pleasure. Thank you again. And I'll be seeing you really soon. Thanks, Mary. You're yeah, welcome. Thanks, Mary. We look forward to, to meeting you in person. Me too. Experience more on this episode's guests, Ike Stern and Jesse Lewis of Endless Field, including their release, Alive in the Wilderness, at theendlessfieldband.com. Endless Field is donating 100% of the album proceeds to the Natural Resources Defense Council. Your support is appreciated and helps to keep making this podcast possible. Thank you for listening and for being here. I'm Mary Edwards, and this is Notes Between Sessions.